0: Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. We are from South Mountain Community Church, a multi site church with five locations in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam, and I serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me today, I am accompanied not by Eric like last week, but Pastor Paul, our lead pastor. Paul, how are you doing? Doing well. Glad to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we're excited uh, to have another season of this this podcast. It's going to be, I think, just really good. Uh, We've already had last week that turned out great Uh, if you haven't listened to it I encourage you to do that Um, and it's just was really helpful even for me and I think a lot of our staff to hear uh, just a story we get to hear another story today Um, but before we get into that I just want to remind everybody first off thank you for listening and for those of you that are subscribed or uh, share this with a friend or leave a review all those things help us out a lot so thank you so much for doing that I really really appreciate that and uh, as always if you do have questions um, from previous episodes or from today's episode, you can email us at smcc at smccutah.org. That will be in the description uh, below. And uh, you can go ahead and ask us any questions. But today, Paul, we've got somebody uh, on the show with us, uh, just like we did last week, although it was me and Eric doing that. Um, We've got Candice with us today uh, on the Fully Delighted Podcast. And Candice, we are very excited to have you on. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Now, Candice, I don't even uh, uh, know. You know, Eric is very, he he kind of put all this together. He's the visionary of, of of this season of having people on. And so I don't even know which campus do you attend here at SMCC?
0: So my husband, Zach, and I both attend the Draper campus.
1: Very cool. Very cool. All right. Excellent. And and what's funny is now I'm thinking to myself, no, I have, I have seen you guys here at Draper before, but I just see a lot of people at different campuses. And so... Uh, sometimes can't keep them straight, but uh, glad to have you on. And uh, and Paul, we, we've we got the questions that we've been asking people uh, that have been on the show so far for, for this season, and uh, just kind of want to go through and hear people's journey and what they're going through. So you want to go through a little bit of that?
2: Right. I, I do. I do want to say something before I get into the questions about this whole concept of hearing people's stories uh, these are not coached. These stories are their story. We don't try to uh, get them to say anything in particular. I think it's important that uh, we actually have a, a a broadcast, a podcast of something that is is in line with SMCC, and that is helpful and hopeful. And so we're not really interested in trying to make anybody look bad or... Uh, throw anybody under the bus or anything like that. If that's part of the story that um, a person has felt abused or hurt or misled, that's their story. And so the intent is not to somehow make us look good by making somebody else look bad, but at the same time, we want... each person that we have told their story just feel the freedom to say what really happened in their life and so just that that's a prerequisite another thing is we're going to use the word mormon a lot and i know the the current president would prefer—the current president of the Mormon Church—would um, prefer that we use the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but that would take a lot of time, and so we're just going to use the word LDS or Mormon. All right, All right, so everybody's everybody's okay with that. Let's get started. Candace, I know you. You've been in a Bible study that I led last year, you and your husband, uh, Zach, uh, great participants. We've actually recorded your story on video— And I think that was for your baptism, and we have that on our website. So I just want to make sure people know that in case they want to go watch that. It was a great story. And so because I already know your story, I'm really excited about this this time together and asking this question. So tell us, what was it like for you to grow up as a Mormon?
0: Well, I think was a little bit different than a lot of people. So growing up, my dad is the one in my family that was LDS and my mom wasn't. So that I think just from the beginning made it a little bit different. Um, Yeah, I grew up always going to church. Um, My dad and my siblings would go and my mom, she never really attended with us. Um, I like knew she believed in God, but we never really talked about it. Uh, And so, yeah, I just grew up my whole life it was it was my whole life it was my identity it was everything and i was just like your stereotypical like perfect mormon
2: can you uh, think of some like good parts of that and then maybe some not so good parts of that
0: yeah i think the good parts were like the community like you always had friends like you always had your group that you went to school with but they were in you know your ward or you know your group and so that was always like a positive And I think a negative would probably be, um, I guess it's like the same, but when you're leaving, you know, you lose that community. And I think it also made me like extremely competitive. I already have like a competitive nature. I did sports and stuff, but it was like, this is like pitting me against other people to be better than you, like to be perfect. And so then... I guess that creates almost like fake friendships because, yeah, we're friends and, you know, we hang out, we go to Young Women's together, but secretly, I'm just trying to be better than you and I want God to love me more. So (laughs) that kind of creates a weird tension.
2: That's interesting. So obviously, uh, there came a time in your life that you started to ask questions, started to maybe even doubt. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that.
0: Well, I think... For a big part of my life, I served a mission for the church. Um, when I was 19, I went to South Korea, and which was an amazing experience in so many ways, but it really tested me. I never, ever doubted at all when I was there, but when I got back, um, my husband and I were already friends, and then he, um, we started dating, which I, like, highly don't recommend dating <laughs> someone that doesn't believe the same thing as you— um, <laughs> But we started dating and so I started coming to South Mountain and he would meet like with missionaries with me, um, which like on his end was a great idea because he was able to ask questions to these missionaries that I had never thought to ask. Mm. And so it kind of slowly started to, uh, I guess just, I never saw it as a doubt, just as like a, I've never heard it said that way because I think something that's hard between Mormonism and Christianity is they use so many of the same words. So you think you believe the same thing until you start defining those things. And so, as they started kind of breaking that stuff down and defining like grace and what really salvation is and with the cross, I was just slowly started realizing this is not the same. And so, I really started to dig into that. And it was at the same time about that. I don't know if you remember when the LDS church kind of came out with that statement about um, like LGBTQ people. And it was like saying that their children couldn't get baptized. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that really upset me because I was like, the Jesus I believe in and the Jesus you say you believe in wouldn't do that. Like there were never stipulations to come to me. And so that really, yeah, that really bothered me. And so that kind of was like, Already kind of had one foot out the door, and that kind of like solidified for me that this isn't like the God I want to believe in.
2: So up to that time, and before meeting Zach, would you say that Mormonism in some ways really did work for you?
0: Yeah, it completely worked for me because I just have I have like that Pharisaical older brother personality, so it's the perfect religion for somebody like that because it's so structured and it's just check the box and. It doesn't matter where your heart's at, but, you know, I did it, so it's good enough.
2: You know, I'm really curious about uh, the first time you walked into South Mountain. What was that like?
0: Um, Yeah, I remember it vividly because it was so terrifying. Because everything is so, like, reverent in the LDS church. Like, it's just, like, piano and organ and hymns, and I just remember being like, this is weird. And, like so opposite of what i was used to but like strangely enough the first sunday i came they played you guys played my favorite hymn which is come thou fount and i was like so it like, made me feel comfortable so i i don't know i just got lucky in that <laughs> but um yeah it's still scary because it's completely the opposite of what you're used to and you're used to like people getting up to speak and kind of voicing their opinion versus someone who actually went to school to understand what the bible says that's actually like, truth and factual, not just an opinion.
2: So the music was interesting to you. Um, The message was delivered by somebody who you kind of felt like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Was it completely understandable to you?
0: Yeah, which is something that's so interesting to me, too, is, like, I walked away feeling like, oh, this is the same. Like, I believe all of the things that you just said, which is something I've talked to lots of Mormon people when they come to South Mountain. they like, oh, what did you think? Did you like it? And they're like, I agree with everything you said. And mm-hmm. so it's like, like I was saying, like it's just those definitions of things. But mm-hmm. yeah, I left feeling like it was a place that I could hear. I don't think I would have defined as truth at the time because truth wasn't like something that I valued, but something good at least.
2: Mm-hmm. So obviously you came to the point of saying, all right, I think I'm going to transition out of the Mormon Church. What was that like for you? Uh, What were some of the challenges you faced in doing that?
0: I think the biggest challenge um, was just the fear, which is just so intense, of losing friends and family. Um, I'm super grateful that I never felt like I had disappointed God or anything like that. Like I always felt like I'm I'm seeking truth, and I don't think I'll God will punish me for that. It was more like this institution is going to punish me, and my friends and family are going to be disappointed in me. Which, as like a people pleaser, it's difficult, especially when up to that point I had done everything right. You know, air quotes right. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, hey, now you're gonna like break everybody's hearts, and I did lose a lot of friendships, a lot of f- people that. I served my mission with, that I was really close to, um, those relationships were really broken, and then, um, even with my own dad, we were super close, and it just, it felt like it put a wedge there, and it took me almost, like, three years to even talk to him about leaving the church, and, like, why I had done that, and Mm -hmm. this new relationship with God that I had that meant so much to me, so, yeah, that's the most, that's the scariest part is, is losing those connections.
2: So I, I understand those are the challenges in a very practical way, but is there uh, parts of your walk with God, since making a commitment to the Jesus Christ of the Bible mm-hmm. that you now understand to be the true Jesus Christ, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what are some of the challenges in terms of your spiritual journey that you maybe couldn't anticipate before you actually got into it?
0: Oh, it's so hard. Like, even now, I think it's been almost five years, I still am like, I'll say something and I'll be like, oh, is that is that real? Like, is that actually in the Bible or is that something that that's taught in the LDS church? So that's a huge struggle of wanting to make sure that you're honoring God and like, showing who Jesus truly is and actually like having a fear in the back of your mind all the time that you're giving misinformation. So it's like just reading the Bible and I feel like I'm completely unraveling like my brain cuz I was Mormon for like 22 years and so when you're so deep into something for that long, it doesn't it takes so much time to like unravel all of that and just make sure that you're truly understanding the bible and who god is and so that's probably been my biggest sh- struggle spiritually and just also the constant reminder and fighting that i don't have to earn anything like jesus said like it is finished and he died on the cross for me there's nothing i can do to make him love me more give me more grace none of those things make a difference because like they don't make a difference if i just try harder like mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that's like a constant struggle.
2: So what do you think uh, if you if you can put yourself back to maybe 10 years ago what did you think about people like south mountain evangelical Christians perhaps you or bible only Christians yeah. what what was your concept and then how are, how has that changed
0: Yeah. It's almost like embarrassing. I like don't like my old self. I was just I was I almost like was feeling pity Like, oh, like, look at them trying so hard. They almost got it. Like, they've got some good stuff, but they don't have the full truth. They don't have the full gospel. And I always said to myself and to, like, my friends, if I'm not Mormon, I won't be anything. Hmm. But I think a huge part of that is because growing up, I didn't even know other churches existed in Utah, like, at all. I had no idea that Just 10 minutes from my house, there was South Mountain, like, ever. It was just Mormonism as the only option.
2: Mm -hmm. So how have you seen churches or Christians in Utah um, just kind of deal with the whole... Uh, misunderstanding of Mormonism. What do you think we misunderstand about Mormonism?
0: That's a good question. It's kind of a hard question, just because it's not as fresh for me anymore, I Mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I've seen other Christian churches or Christians... I just think of, you know, the people in Salt Lake, like, you know, picketing in front of... Like general conference. Um, I saw those a few times growing up and it almost just solidifies their belief. It's almost like a martyr type feeling like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, God, like Jesus said, I would be persecuted for what I believe in. So it's true. And so I'm just going to stick to what I believe. Um, And something that my father-in-law said to me that I found really fascinating was it's really hard to like convince a Mormon out of being Mormon, you have to love them out of being Mormon because for them, it's all about feelings. And so I think, I mean, obviously conversations are needed, but, um, I've just seen like the harder, the push or the more like intense type of conversation. Like these are all the reasons I don't believe Mormonism is true. They just Mm -hmm. get really defensive instead of like just having more of like a loving, like constructive conversation, which is so hard because anything about religion like that, people tend to get defensive. But like especially for me when I served on my mission, Korea is a really interesting place because there's so many Christians. After the Korean War, like it just flooded with Christianity. Um, but there's so much prosperity gospel, so they're very not trusting. And Mormons are actually like really high on their list of um, people that they trust as good people, but as a horrible religion, which is super interesting. And so... Over there, I had all tons of conversations just being super defensive. And so, yeah, it just solidified what I believed in the more people tried to convince me otherwise.
2: So, SMCC has tried to own that idea that we're going to do better by just loving people Mm -hmm. into the kingdom of God. uh, That it doesn't matter if they're LDS or just any other faith background or worldview that doesn't correspond with our worldview. we're yeah. going to love them first. Mm-hmm. but at the same time, what we've found and and I'm checking this out with you right now, what we have found to be true is that if we will provide a really really healthy atmosphere of healthy culture, um, that is a pretty big deal as well yeah. simply because you mentioned it you can lose friends, you can lose community. How how am I, a person could be asking, how am I ever going to replace that community? And so talk to us about what you have found at SMCC in terms of replacing that old community that you've had.
0: Yeah, I felt like I got so lucky. I have so many friends and family and people that I love that, you know, they start to question and then they just fall off like nothing. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in anything. And I feel like I kind of just like slid into South Mountain and which I'm so grateful for because yeah like you said the atmosphere is really great and welcoming and obviously like one of the values is that the member values the guest which is it's crucial like when you walk in those doors for the first time because you are so scared and I know like you guys have talked about people who have like come and sat in the parking lot like for multiple times before they'll even walk in the doors so to have that community and just all the different uh groups what's the one the transition group oh turning point turning point yes that one Mm -hmm. so turning point was was, i i did that down at the lehigh campus and was so helpful just to because you kind of form just friends within that group because it's a group where it's people who want to learn more about uh, biblical christianity if they're leaving mormonism so you all kind of just relate to each other. So it's so nice to have groups like that and just the different groups that we promote on Sunday. You know that there's a place that you can find somebody who knows how you're feeling. And so that's super helpful. And yeah, I'm just super grateful that South Mountain was here. Like I said, I didn't even know it existed. It didn't even seem like it was a possibility to find something like this.
2: Well, I have a little bit of an insight into this, but I happen to know you and your husband just have a ton of friends, people your age that love Jesus, mm-hmm. that are on the same journey you're on. Not all of them are former LDS, but they're all pursuing a FDFD life yes. together, and I just, I just look at you and the steps that you took to actually enter into that type of fellowship and community and how helpful it seems to be to you. So I'm, I'm liking what I see there. I love
0: it. And it's, it's definitely hard at first because I think you go from this community of people that you love and who believe the same things as you. And then you kind of have like your trust broken when you realize that this thing that you've been like dedicating your life to is not true. And so then you come into this new community that's so foreign And there's people who are like loving you and accepting you before you even know what you believe. And so for me, that was so helpful just to have friends like when I, the very first people I ever met from South Mountain was Ben and Nicole, Mm -hmm. and I was terrified. And I was like, I never talked to Christians before that like Mm want to be my friend, I guess. And I thought they were just going to judge me for being different because I judged people for not being Mormon.
2: Yeah, I know who Ben and Nicole are. Yeah,
0: I'm, I know. He uh, might. Ben's my
2: son. Nicole is my daughter-in-law. Just for those that are listening, yeah. Just to get that. But you mentioned um, some of our cultural values. Uh, you mentioned that at SMCC, we want our fully engaged people to actually value the guests. That mm-hmm. means uh, that they'll be willing to sacrifice for the guests, to serve the guests, um, and and actually allow our decision-making in terms of how we put together the service, how we put together programming uh, groups, we t- have in mind first, how would this strike an LDS person? How would this help an LDS per- person? Right. What what would they experience in this mm-hmm. particular thing? So that's a really important cultural value, and, and you brought that up. Uh, another cultural value is that we want this to be the kind of place where people can belong before they believe. Talk to us about that.
0: Yeah, I love I love that because growing up, it was you only belong here if you believe the same thing as me, mm. and you're not truly accepted. And I know I've talked to my mom a lot just because she never joined the church, which I still find crazy. Since you know being in Utah her whole life and being married to my dad, I was like, how do you not? Just do it to Mm -hmm. just get it over with (laughs) Um, because it's just like everyone's bugging you. Like, why aren't you Mormon yet? Why aren't you Mormon yet? And um, for her, she was always like, I could go and I could be there, but I didn't belong there at all. Mm -hmm. And um, I go to the Draper campus, like I said, but my mom attends Lehigh. And it's just nice to know you can go to any campus and people are going to love you before you've even decided to commit your life to Jesus, because that's what Jesus did for us.
2: All right, we're going to keep that value. Adam, make a note of that. It's a good
1: Yeah, one. we're not going to delete it. So.
2: <laughs> another, another value that we have is that we honor the process in which God changes people from the inside out. Do you want to comment on that one?
0: I love that one, but it's like the hardest one, because for me like even as a missionary, they want you to like extend the baptism invitation on your very first like meeting with this person. And so, and I just am like, not a good thing. Like, like I said, older brother, I'm like, I want to see it. I want to, yeah, I want it to be now. And I want it, I want to be able to have some sort of control or like part in it. And that's not how God works at all. And then I'm constantly reminding myself like, not what he did to you like why do you expect that from other people ever like he was so patient with me I like I just remember like when it really struck me that like I suck like I am a h- sinner and not just a mistaker not just like an occasional mess up like I was his enemy and he died for me and like he did it because he loves me and not because he wanted to me to do all these actions to pretend like my heart was there, like He truly just wants my heart. And so Mm -hmm. it's just a beautiful thing, and just have to constantly remind myself that He does the same thing to everybody, and I don't get to decide the timeline that someone Mm -hmm. can... Can you just hurry up and like believe in Jesus, because it's good for you?
1: Right,
2: right. Well, it's hard for us, too. Uh, We want to see people just move right along, make a commitment, get baptized, join a group, and boy, being, being here 22 years, I have, I think, finally realized everybody's experience is different. Yeah. And you were a person that was a thinking Mormon. Yeah. You were dedicated. And so it kind of is, in, in my estimation, uh, true that the more intense you are uh, in your pursuit of God in, within Mormonism the more intense you are to pursue God outside of Mormonism. Yeah. And and we have people that come and they say, Well, I guess I'm a Mormon, but I never went. And yeah. I don't even know what they really believe. You just grew up well, that that's way. not a big deal for them to just transition into SMCC yeah. and and just pick up where they kind of left off. They didn't really leave much off. Mm-hmm. But um everybody's experience is different and that's yeah. and, and and that's what we have to realize and it's hard then to adjust to each new story yes and just kind of keep our hands off just be patient i like to say we don't expect people to change but we invite them to change mm-hmm. and that's an important piece that we've learned over the years And so I guess one other um, value that kind of strikes me uh, and and was going around in my mind with the LDS person in mind was that we uh, tried to teach clearly and accurately from the Bible in a hopeful and helpful way.
0: Yeah, I remember the first time I think it just hit me was, so my husband and I helped um, when the Lehigh campus first started, and I remember Eric preaching and giving like actual like context and background to something in the Old Testament. I don't remember specifically. And I was like, oh, like that's a real place with real people. And like, and then another time, like, oh, Paul was actually writing a letter to a real city. Like all these places, people, times, things were real events. And growing up, I never ever really thought about it that way. It was just like, read it and like, feel it and then try to apply it to your life and it may or not actually be biblical but good luck so that's always been just a great thing for me to be remember that it's it's biblical truth that we're teaching here to like help you in an everyday aspect
2: right Okay, so we don't want to mention any names of other churches, right. but you probably have friends that have tried tried mm-hmm. Christianity, gone to another church. What did those churches do wrong? I'm not saying that's always the case, yeah. It, but maybe you can help us get it right by warning us about what you've seen other LDS people experience at other churches. So can you talk about that a little bit?
0: I think, unfortunately, most of the people I know don't end up going to another church. But I think what I have seen, like, the minimal of it is it's, like, all feelings and no truth. Where, like, obviously both are important, but I think your feelings, like, apply or, like, you have feelings in response to truth is more helpful than having, you know, your feelings just for the sake of feelings. So... And I think that a lot of them just tend to go that route because it's, it's easy when you've been raised LDS to stay on that route of like, oh, this feels good or like it's kind of telling me like to do what my feelings tell me to. And so I've seen that be damaging because then it always, I feel like it always ends up in there's either something wrong with me and my feelings or there's something wrong with God. So mm-hmm. that's always been something that is interesting to me.
2: So just kind of thinking back on a lot of things that you said today, uh, you've really had to move from a religion where what you felt was really, really important. You kind of felt your way through your next step in your walk with God as an LDS person. And now you're more truth-centered, you're interested in what's really true and what really happened and what the Bible really says. Yes. Am I right? Yes, 100%. Okay. So... Um, as a former member of the LDS Church, uh, what could you say to SMCC uh, as to man? This is what I think is the secret sauce. What what is it that makes S, uh, SMCC a really helpful and hopeful place for LDS people to transfer uh, transition into?
0: I think the secret sauce is the Bible taught just super clearly, super hopeful, like you said, super helpful, but then it's also tied in with um, community and just the sense of, like, it doesn't matter what you've done. Like, we open, you know, we come here with open arms because, like, we just want to love you. Like, we don't have expectations of you. You don't have to fake it. Until you make it, you can be super real and authentic. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can be happy. But, like, we're here just to help you navigate your relationship with God and just help you understand truth.
2: Well said. And we're going to take that to heart and make sure that we keep doing that. Adam, I think uh, we've got a really great episode here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if you guys don't mind, um, you know, just sitting here and listening to to all the things that you're saying, Candace. I think you had a lot of awesome things to to say and to give clarity to. Um, you know, I think through my lens and where I sit, um, and I've only been in Utah for three and a half years, and so I'm still learning a lot. And so, if there's somebody that's listening to this, because um, there's people all the time that move to Utah. There's a lot of people that are moving to Utah, and I think our listeners, you know, there's a lot of them like that as well. So. I think a question that somebody that attending SMCC might have for somebody with you, if, if they had the opportunity, right? If h- hundreds of people could sit down with you and ask you questions, you know, one might be, what is something that somebody who's new to the area, you know, and they're, and they're going to meet an LDS neighbor, like, mm-hmm. that's just a fact that's yeah, going to so happen. It is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what could, uh, what could I do? What could they do when they meet those neighbors to, um, form a good relationship with them to, you know, what are good questions to ask? What are things to do to be a friend, but also a light to the to the truth of, of the gospel and the Bible? Like how, what, what do you see from, from your perspective?
0: That's a good question. I think something that's actually helpful that a lot of people I've, um, talked to have never actually been to an LDS service. And so you most likely will get invited at some point by like a friend or a neighbor. Um, And I say, just go, like, go and see like how different it is because then whenever you have the opportunity to invite them to South Mountain, whether it be like on a Sunday or, you know, when we have like a Christmas concert or, you know, Christmas Eve, like you can have a perspective of like why it's going to be so uncomfortable for them. Hmm. And that opens the door, I think, in and of itself to ask questions. I think it's hard to ask questions if you have no idea Hmm. what they're going to experience. So going to church with them and hearing, you know, whatever, you know, topic they're talking about that day, whether it's like, um, I don't know, maybe they're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus or they're going to talk about like, you know, the differences between like they think he atoned for the sins in the garden. We believe it was on the cross. Like you might not even know that they think that until you see it and, Mm -hmm. or hear it from somebody else. And then you can ask them, Hey, like, I heard this during Mm -hmm. your church service. Do you want to explain to me like what, you believe about that topic or maybe they'll, you know, talk about grace and then, you know, vice versa, when they come here, they'll know that you're a safe place to ask questions to as well, because Mm -hmm. you, even though you don't believe what they believe, you entered into their world. And so that automatically opens up trust to them. And so I think they'll be more willing to speak about it because you've gone there with them.
1: Yeah. Excellent. And I know from personal experience, um, you know, just trying to understand, I think is, is, is a good first step. And I think you would agree with that. I know when we first got here, really actually like right off the bat just had, um, you know, sisters come and visit us elders. Um, and, and at first I'm just like, man, I don't even know what to ask or what's, you know, what is it going to be like to have them over for, you know, an hour in our living room and talk with them. But, after a few times of doing that, being able to learn so much and then being able to help to kind of bridge the gap of, of you know, my understanding of who Jesus is and the gospel and the hope that we have and, and where they come from. And so just being able to do things, like you said, to learn and to to get a perspective and to know, you know, what kind of questions to ask to, by, by, by maybe going to... Um, a ward or a chapel or something to just see what what that is like um to be able to ask those questions i have one more question before we wrap up too i just (laughs) you know was trying to i'm like i'm just kind of like a linear thinker and and i wanted to go back to um so so you went on mission at 19 is that right yeah and is that i think i've heard on our last episode that's now changed it's maybe they try to get them almost right out of high school at 18 now i think so yeah yeah so you, um, how long are you gone for then with your mission, um, uh, to South Korea? Mm-hmm. How long was that?
0: So it's 18 months, but I was in like the Provo missionary training center for like three months. Right. So I was in okay. Korea for 15 months.
1: Got it. Okay. And so you come back in your 20 or 21 mm-hmm. and then how long after that from mission did you, did you have questions immediately when you got back? Or how did that, you know, was that just a long journey or was that pretty quick after that? I think
0: for me personally, um, it was quick. I know a lot of people that take like years, Mm -hmm. but for me, I remember I got home in October and, um, I started dating my husband in January and then it was by Easter. So what, like April ish, Mm -hmm. I was leaving the church. Hmm. But I think for me, I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to say like. I got lucky because I believe God works in everything, but like he was truly pursuing my heart my whole life Mm. and let me pursue something that wasn't him until I got to the end of like this is not fulfilling me Mm. and why and I can't live up to these expectations. I'm not meeting these crazy high expectations I set for myself and the church sets for me Mm -hmm. and either like I'm just going to keep faking it for my whole life and hope for the best, or I'm going to pursue mm. a real relationship with Jesus and pursue truth and just pray that it gets me there, which God is so good and it has.
1: Sure. And just, I keep saying one more final question. No, you're but, fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think we hear this with a lot of people, and I guess just want to hear it in your words, and you alluded to it already, but what I sense is growing up in the church, there's a lot of pressure, um, yeah. There's performance, there's just constantly trying to figure out how do I get one more rung up on the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, and now if you were to contrast that with, with your life now um, and your faith journey with Jesus and taking next steps with him now, how how are those two things different? Because maybe someone from the outside might say, well, it sounds like maybe it's just similar. It's still religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but would you contrast those two two points of your life?
0: Oh, for sure. I think in Mormonism, it was, I had to, and -hmm. it was a pride issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was always, I'm going to check the boxes as fast as I can in the best way I can. And I really did get to the point in my life where I realized that I was, I was a leader in the church of like 12 and 13 year old girls. And I was like, I'm not pointing them towards Jesus. I'm pointing them towards myself, a hundred percent. Like I just want them to attain to me because I would make me feel better, not to Jesus, like not to have a relationship with him. And now what I do is because I I want to, get mm-hmm. like get to. I get to pursue a relationship with Jesus, and it's like a freedom to love him and to know that I'm going to mess up and that he loves me anyway and to pursue a relationship with him just because he is so good and I love him and I, I want to have a relationship with him. And it's not because I'm going to get like, and there's nothing promised like, in you know, a Mormonism. It's, you want to get to, you know, you're attaining something, you're attaining, um, you know, a place in heaven and, yeah. you know, specific blessings from God. But now in my walk with him, it's, I'm just, I just want a relationship with him.
2: Hmm. I think that uh, one of the, Criticisms I've always heard from LDS people toward people that have left Mormonism is they just couldn't handle it, couldn't hack it, couldn't cut it. Mm -hmm. They just didn't want to be righteous. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your righteousness now compared to your righteousness as a missionary?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I've gotten that too a lot. Like I was just lazy or I didn't understand, and it was like neither of those things were true. I was like in it, and I was dedicated, and I was not lazy. But now it's like, my righteousness doesn't matter. It's Christ's righteousness. And it's, He lived this perfect life, and He took all my sin, everything that I deserved, and He took on Himself. And so now I don't have to worry about it at all. It's all what He's done.
1: Hmm.
2: So does that mean that you just live this sinful lifestyle now? Or are you loving your (laughs) Uh, opportunity to glorify God and honor Him.
0: Definitely to glorify Him. That's something, That's something too, that I remember arguing with people a lot as a Mormon was, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you can't just say, oh, I believe in Jesus, and I get to go to heaven. Like, mm. that's dumb. But now I'm like, no, it makes so much sense when you realize who Jesus is, and that grace is not a license to sin, but that it's the opportunity to live a life, to glorify Jesus, and just give thanks to what God has done in His goodness. And th- I'm so thankful it's not about me anymore, because I can never do it. Mm. Like, that's so much pressure, and now it's just the opportunity mm. to love Him.
1: That's awesome. I really appreciate you sharing all that, uh, Candace. A lot of pointed questions, but I think questions that, you know, deserve answers, and 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 people listening want to understand that a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I think what would be helpful for people, I'll put it in the podcast notes below, but, and if I'm remembering this wrong, you'll have to correct me. We do have your baptism story. Is that right? That was back just yeah, this spring, We right? did
0: it like at the, like right when coronavirus hit.
1: Yes, was like, I remember that. We're just
0: going to record it and do it yep. right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I will definitely make sure that in the notes, uh, for this episode that we go ahead and link that so that people can even just hear maybe even a shorter, uh, more condensed, summarize, you know, just your faith journey um, and being baptized. And um, that might be helpful for people to, to see that as well. So if you guys want to see it, uh, make sure to just scroll down below and, and go to the notes and you'll be able to see that there. Uh, well, Candace, we have really appreciated our time with you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I'm sure our listeners um, appreciate it as well, uh, just being vulnerable and open and being able to talk about all this. Uh, we really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no worries. And I was going to say, if anybody that's listening sees this, um, or sees me at church. Please, uh, if you have questions, or you can like message me on Instagram. I love having conversations about this. So.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think just getting more conversations out there is helpful for people. So glad that uh, that you opened the conversation here on this on this podcast. So appreciate that. Uh, everyone listening, thank you again for, for being here today and listening with us. Um, we so appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing on Apple podcasts or Spotify, uh, leaving a review, uh, leaving a review does a lot for us as well. Or maybe you're listening to this on the SMCC app as well, which you can download and, and listen to our podcast episodes or our previous messages as well. So thank you so much for just staying up with this. It helps us a lot, especially when you subscribe and to share this with a friend and uh, we just thank you for continuing to do that Um, the downloads for our podcast have just been uh, really awesome to see. And so we're glad that people are enjoying this and, and coming back and listening to this. And as well, if you have questions uh, for me or Paul, or even for Candice, we could can forward it on to her. You can email us at smccutah.org. SMCC SMCC that email will be in the description below as well. And you can send us questions your way. Uh, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with another guest for our very exciting season three that we're doing. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again
0: for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe, give us a rating, or share with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit our website at smccutah.org. Thanks again for trusting us with your time, and we hope to have you back again soon.